series and where we're headed for the next few weeks. So I encourage you guys to be here, and it's going to be good. Uh, today is really foundational, and I believe it's going to bless you. And, but I believe it's, it's just a, a foundation what we're going to do. If you think today is good, you need to be here the next few weeks. That's what I'm going to tell you. So let's pray, and then let's get started this morning. Heavenly Father, Father, we just thank you for all that you're doing in our lives and in this church and also all around the world. And Father, right now, i just just reminded of the people in, in Paris right now. And Father, we, we link our faith with them. And Father, we just pray for supernatural peace for every one of those families that have lost a loved one. Father, I pray that you would comfort them right now. And Father, I pray that you would give supernatural wisdom to the president, to the prime, everybody over there that's involved, to the defense minister, everybody that's involved, God, and give them a, a plan of action that can bring these people to justice quickly, Lord God. And Father, we think that your hand is upon them and with them. And God, we thank you today as we open up your word. God, our desire every time that we come here is that we would be challenged by your word. And God, not only would we be challenged, but we'd also be changed by the power of your presence and by the authority of your holy word. So God, we thank you for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen and amen. All right, we're going to get, get started here. Just a couple of questions to help me out. How many of you guys in here, like me, struggle to remember the passwords that you set up for yourself. Can I see your hand this morning? You say, yeah, I set up a password and I struggle to remember it. Um, so here's what I've done because I do that. I actually keep the same password on everything, which they say is a security nightmare, by the way. So, uh, but I do, every, Sarah teases me about this all the time because everything that I have is exactly the same. From my cell phone password, the password to get into this church, the password to get into our house, the password to get into our computers, the password, everything is exactly the same on my passwords. Now I did that because it's easy for me to remember and it gives me easy access into things. The problem that I run into, I don't know about you guys, how many of you have different accounts where they ask you every once in a while to, re, to redo your password? That's when I about lose my religion. And I want to cuss, throw things, but what I end up doing, I just put a one behind everything. Standard. Whatever password, one. That way it helps me remember it. And so, and then I forget. And I don't know about you guys, but then I get into a situation, I can't remember my password, and so then they tell me to reset my password, and they'll say, we'll send you an email to help you reset it. So then I get the email to reset it, and it begins to ask me questions that apparently that I put in there when I first set it up, like who was my best friend in, in grade school? Well, I didn't know who it was when I set it up, and I made up a name, and now I'm in trouble because I can't remember and then it says, what was your dog's first name? And I'm like, I don't even know if I had a dog as a child. But apparently I put it down on my password because I'm now I'm like, I can't remember it. So does anybody else do that and then get frustrated because you can't remember it? Well, here's the thing is that how many know the reason that we get frustrated by we can't remember our passwords is because it limits our access. How many of you have a job that you have to have access to a computer on a daily basis let me see your hand raise your hand that's a that's a big number how many of you say i have to have access to my social media accounts on a daily basis let me see your hand 
Some of you are lying because I see you post all the time. We'll try again. How many of you need access to your social media accounts? Come on. Yeah. How many of you can't remember? Last night, it was perfect. Sarah doesn't know what I preach on. She gets angry at me about this all the time, by the way. She'll be like, what are you sharing on? I'm like, show up on Sunday. <laughs> I have to make sure she's here. There's a lot of mornings when I wake up, I'm like, babe, it's time to go. She's like, I'm not going. I'm like, Sarah, you're the pastor's wife. I don't care. I'm not going. And so I'm like, babe, you have to go. I'm preaching a new series today. And she's like, what is it about? And I'm like, I can't tell you. So I don't tell her what my series is about so she can be just as excited as you guys are when you get here for a new series. Amen? I said amen. amen. Remember our new norm. I said amen. amen. Hmm. Well, why you guys are yelling at me for Uh And so we were upstairs. Micah made that video, by the way, that we just saw, and he did a wonderful job. Let's give him a hand. So he said, hey, do you guys want to post this to your social media accounts so everybody, we can do it at the same time because we had family that couldn't make it and everything like that. And how many know you can't text everybody and let everybody know once? So the best way to do it was by social media. And so Sarah was like, sure. He's like, we're going to do it for my computer because he said it's a very large file. He said, so the problem is you still have to log into my computer and then you can post it from your account. And she was like, okay. And so she logged in and she was like, oh, I can't remember my password. And I was like, yes. <laughs> Perfect sermon illustration. And that's why I don't tell her what I'm preaching on <laughs> right there. And so she was all trying to figure it out because we couldn't post it. And so she was worried because how I many you know her password was going to allow her access to give the information that people needed. Amen? Amen? And so that's what this series is going to be about. And so I, I did a little test in the first service, and I want to do it this service. And just a little quick thing, if you would, by a show of hands, if you believe that God has a password, will you do me a favor and just raise your hand if you believe that God has a password? About the same number in the first people. People are like, nope. Okay. So if you believe that God has a password, or if he did have one, if you think it, the answer is Jesus, would you raise your hand for me? <laughs> How many of you guys went to church and you were taught, if you don't know the answer, you can, you're always safe to say Jesus? How many know they can't get mad at you even if the answer is wrong? What did this happen? Jesus. No, that's not right, but I said Jesus, so it's okay, right? So, so a very few of you in here think that Jesus has a password but if he did have a password, or excuse me, you thought it would be Jesus. And so I want to show you today and give you our foundational scripture that actually, believe it or not, I didn't make this up. I want to show you by the word of God that God actually has a password. And how many know if we don't know God's password, it will limit us from the access that we need from our heavenly father? I mean, that's what a password does, right? It can limit us to the things that we need. And so today I want to show you, I know some of you are probably thinking, oh, I don't know about that. When Jesus died, he said it was finished and the curtain fell down. And I, 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 just bear with me for a minute, okay? I mean, don't be so religious. I can see you out there. Are you guys ready? By the way, did anybody ever play password as a kid besides me? Can I see your hands in here? Like you couldn't, like you have brothers and sisters and they wanted to enter your room, and you're like, what's the password? Can I see you this morning? Yeah. And you guys had a, here's the other one I love. Did anybody have a, a fort? A 
before and you said, you can't come in here unless you have the password? Man, this second crowd, I'm loving you guys. You all had a fort. The first crowd, they didn't have a fort. They all just looked at me like, what do well, you have a fort for? I was like, man, it was awesome to have a fort. I could limit access to some of my friends I didn't like. What's the password? They'd make up something. You'd be like, nope. And there was no password, right? you just tell them, no. They'd guess and guess, no. It reminded me of a movie, but I won't say it because it'll get me in trouble. I'll say it. It's Vegas Vacation. <laughs> He goes into this thing. He's like, all right, we're going to play this game. He's like, it's a guessing game. He's like, I'm going to, you guess the number between 1 and 10. And the guy was like, okay, Clark, it was Clark Griswold. He was like, 6. The dealer would be like, nope. He, and he kept giving him money. And I'm like, and Clark, I oh, forget it. <laughs> he was making up the number the whole time, but Clark kept giving him money. So, <laughs> all right, so we'll get back to being serious, I guess, for you guys. So, how many know? Not knowing the password can be frustrating, right? Frustrating. So, let's go. You guys ready? We'll see if God has a password. Psalms 100 verse 4 says this. I didn't make it up. This is the word. Enter with the password. Everybody say it with me. Thank you. Everybody say thank you. Thank you. Simple, but very difficult. God simply says, make yourselves at home. How many, that's what you did when you had a password. If they came in, then they were allowed full access to your fort or to your room or whatever you had set up as your password. And if the person knew the password, they were able to come in and have full access to whatever you have. God says, I want you guys to know something. I have a password. I want you to come into my presence. He said, but before I want you to come in, I simply just want you to say, and he says, when you say thank you, make yourself at home. Grab something to drink, get some Doritos, some French onion dip, mm, some snacks, some cookies, cake, cupcakes. I mean, Sarah and I are just, are, we're feeding three now. You know, I mean, so I'm, you know, what's what we do? She goes and so she eats and I figure I have to eat with her. And so I'm thinking about all these different snacks that she wants that now I want because she's there. And so he said, make yourself at home. Notice what he said there again. What's the next thing? Thank him. Thank you, get you in. Make yourself at home. How many know this is just common courtesy stuff that we do? in our own household. Somebody shows up, rings your doorbell, how you doing? Come on in. Make yourself at home. What is our response? Should be, thank you. Thank you. I will make myself at home. And that is what he says. Worship him. Worship him. So, according to Jesus, the password to get into God's presence is thankfulness. Can I get an amen? amen? I wonder if the reason that so many people struggle to gain access, if you will, to God is because they have the wrong password. I believe there are a lot of frustrated Christians because they, seem, they can't seem to gain access to God's presence 
and power in their lives, and it's simply because they have the wrong password. For example, a lot of you came in today, and it was an amazing time of worship. And what we'll do is we'll come into a place like this with a time of worship, and immediately what we'll begin to do, we'll begin to ask God to do things for us in our midst. But according to Jesus, the thing that he simply wants us to do, not ask him for anything, but simply just to thank him for all that he's done. If you want God to move in your life, truly experience the power and the presence of God in your personal life, then you're going to have to learn God's password. See, we get it backwards. We come to God and say, God, here's what I need. God says, I already know what you need, and I've already made provision for it. I simply just need you to thank me for it. Now, come on now. Don't forget, we're in the new norm. I said, can I get an amen? amen. That's good. Well, that, that's weak. I said, that's good. Thank you. I appreciate that. I believe most people go to God, listen to me, for what he can do for them instead of thanking him for what he has already done. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Sometimes we treat Jesus like he's Santa Claus. Here's my list. Now, I'm going to get into this a little bit later. We come in the first thing. Here's my list. But how many know, as we'll get into this, God's not necessarily interested in your list as much as he's interested in your heart. I'm going to preach over here a little bit. God's not necessarily interested in more in your, in your list as he's more interested in, in your heart. Amen. That section is getting okay. So my question is this. If God never did another thing in your life, I personally believe that the cross is enough. Now we're going to try this again because that's good preaching. It's on the screen for you this time. It says this. If God never did anything in your life again, I believe that the cross would be enough. How many thank God that he's not done, though? He's still moving in our lives. He's still blessing us. He's still answering prayers. He is still Jehovah Jireh today. But how many know if he never did another thing, the cross is enough? Hmm. Well... I'm waiting for God to do something in my life in order to give him thanks. See, that's what we do sometimes is people say, you know, what, what do I have to be thankful for? Well, let's let God's word answer that for you. God says this in Psalms 136. He says, give thanks to the Lord for what he's going to do for you in the future. Oh, no, it doesn't say that. It says, give thanks to the Lord simply because he is good. If you're looking for a reason to thank God this morning, I have one for you. He is good. Every gift that comes from our Father is good. Well, I really don't have anything to worship. He's good. When's he good? All the dead gum time. 
I don't see it. Well, you're looking at the wrong thing like Sarah said. You need to get the magnifying glass off of your problem, and you need to get your magnifying glass on the guy who has the answers for you. It's your choice what you magnify. You're holding the magnifying glass. You can't get mad at anybody else for magnifying that bottle of water. Hey, idiot, you're holding it. Move it. Oh. You can either focus on your problem or you can focus on God. What do you want to magnify? Give thanks, for he is good. His faithfulness, love, endures forever. Mm, 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 mm. The Bible exhorts us to give thanks because he is good, not for what he can do for us. Listen to me. I believe there are too many Christians waiting to thank him for what he's going to do in our lives rather than thank him for what he has already done. Mm. Mm. By a show of hands, how many parents do we have in this morning? Raise your hand. I'm so excited that Sarah and I can raise our hands with you this morning. We'll raise them both, I guess, for twins, right? <laughs> raise them up if you've got kids. Raise, keep them up. Keep them up if they've ever frustrated you because they constantly are asking you for something. Keep them up. <laughs> i got people standing across the auditorium <laughs> right now. Some, and i got bad news. Some of your children are in here with you. Some of the parents are, not only they're right, you put them down, dear Lord. That's the best response we've had in years around here. They're asking you for something. <laughs> Man, we got to define um, interaction again, I guess. I love it, though. No, I love it. I mean, it becomes frustrating. But how many know, how many parents... No, just because you're frustrated because your kids ask for things doesn't mean that you quit loving them. They may frustrate you, but how many know you, you don't stop loving them? How many of you would be thankful if your, if your children would simply come in the door, not ask for anything, but simply sit down beside you, look up to you, and just say, thank you for all that you do, Mom and Dad. Can I get an amen? amen? Thank you. Thank you. i got to be careful because my mom and dad and my grandma and my sister are here this morning, so I really feel like I'm not going to look at them because I'm not sure how well I did with this as a kid. And so, thank you. I'm preaching with you this morning, not at you this morning. And so I begin to think about that, thankfulness. You know, and it, it seems like sometimes we, as children, we walk in the door, and I know for me, I can always speak from my experience, it was like, Mom, what's for dinner? You know, never mind that she just maybe, she possibly packed my lunch. Well, I don't know if she ever did that a lot, to be honest, but they 
what they did was, um, let me finish before you judge my mother. It's horrible. She's right here. They, she didn't pack my lunch, but my mom and dad always made sure that my brothers and sisters and I always had money to eat lunch. So maybe I should have came in a little bit different approach and just walked in and said, hey, mom, what's for dinner? Man, thanks for allowing me to have lunch. Maybe my dad came home instead of asking him for work on my 1975 CJ5 Jeep that was a piece of poopy. I said poopy because my mom's here. <laughs> Otherwise, I usually see the I usually say the C word. You don't know what C is? Yeah, yeah. Um, I come in, I'd be like, hey, can we work on my Jeep? And he's like, we've worked on this Jeep forever, you know. And, you know, instead of always asking for something, it just said, hey, thanks for helping me out. And I began to think, and I, I wonder if that's how sometimes that Jesus begins to feel about his children. He doesn't not love us because we're asking him for things. But how many know, like our earthly parents, I believe our heavenly father would sometimes like us just to come, if you will, sit at his feet and just say, thank you. Thank you. How many of you guys heard of, of November thanks? Let me see your hands this morning. Anybody heard of November thanks? Some of you have, some of you haven't. Let me just real quickly tell you what it is. November thanks is where during the month of November, you post every day something that you're thankful for. And uh, I personally don't do it. Uh, I'm not against it, but I just don't do it. But I began to think about this. And I began to think along these lines of this. How would our relationships be in the natural if we didn't wait till one time a year for 30, how many days are in November? 30, praise God. I said it right. For 30 days for one time a month that we were simply thankful. What if we told the people that we cared about on a daily basis all year long how thankful we are for them? And I wondered how much that would change our relationships that we would have with people in the natural if we just simply just said, thank you, man, for being there. Thank you for all that you've done in my life. And that got me thinking, if that's the case in our natural relationships, how much would our relationship change with Jesus Christ if we simply would do what he said and we come into his presence, not asking him for simple things, but simply saying, thank you. If it would change the dynamics of our lives in the natural, I can't stop thinking how much our lives will change in the, in the supernatural, the spiritual realm, if we came in with a heart of thankfulness. How many know as parents, when your children are thankful for them, you'll move heaven and earth to make sure they have everything that they need? Mm. If that's how your natural parents are, what do you think your heavenly father is going to do on your behalf? <laughs> what if we began our prayer time every day by just thanking God for who he is instead of giving him a list of things we want for him? God, I, I just thank you. Well, I'm not sure I have a lot to be thankful for in my life. 
just real quick, let's just think about that. Everybody stand up real quick. Come on, stand up real quick. Everybody, everybody. Everybody stand up. Everybody, we're not moving on until you don't stand up. Everybody. All right, sit down. Now you have something to be thankful for. Not that I let you sit down. That, do you know, I'm not, and I'm not trying to, hear my heart. Hear my heart. I'm not trying to be mean here, but there are people right now confined to a wheelchair who would have died to do what you just want to do. The simple things in life that we take for granted, I believe it could change our perspective the way we see God and just say, I thank God that I can just stand up when I want to. I thank God that, and you guys should thank God too, that I have clothes to wear. Can I get a big amen? Sarah, why did you say amen so loud? How many of you are thankful that you have a place to lay your head at night? How many of you came here by walking 24 miles to get here? How many of you have a, a car that got you here? My car is a piece of poopy. Your car got you here. Maybe we need to change our magnifier and start looking at our car a little bit different. Maybe we need to start thanking God that we can actually get, maybe, uh-oh, here's one. Maybe we should thank God for the breath that we have in our lungs. You have nothing else to thankful? Get up and say, God, I thank you that I'm alive. That's a heartbeat. And I'm not saying this to be mean. But there are some people in here, even now, that are dealing with the loss of a family member. I believe it's time that we began to quit taking our family and friends for granted. Because why does it take so long for people to pass away before we send flowers to say that we're thankful for them? Let's send more flowers before they pass away than they do when they die. When the flowers come when you're passed away, you don't know anything about it. You send some flowers to somebody alive, it's going to mean something. Why are we waiting to call people before something gets bad? Why can't we call them before? Mm. Now, let me be very clear. There is absolutely nothing wrong with asking God for things. As a matter of fact, it's scriptural. It's biblical. God tells us to ask him for things. But I believe he's more concerned of how we ask him than when we ask him. God, thank you. And I'm, just, I'm not just saying this, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to be real honest and transparent this morning. People asked us for a while, is it, you know, what do you guys want? What do you guys want? Do you want a boy, girl? Do you want two girls, two boys? You know, all that stuff. And I'm, I'm going to share my heart. Now, if I open it up and share it to you, the truth of the matter is, if I had my choice, I would say, man, I would love to have a boy and a girl. That, would just, that is my honest heart and i believe sarah would say the same thing and how many know god was faithful but i want you to know something my true heart was that they would just come healthy whether it be boy girl boy boy or heaven help me girl girl now god wouldn't give me anything that i couldn't go through yeah amen Whew, I'm still just, my heart's beating right now just thinking about it. Seeing pink everywhere. Whew, 
But, got to take a second. <laughs> Truly, Sarah's heart, if you asked her, was that they just be healthy. So many times we're thinking about these, instead of just being thankful, now don't get me wrong, I was thankful, but I was thankful that she was able to get pregnant. After three years of miscarriages and failed pregnancies and IVF cycles not working and all these things having to show up and be a part of events that people had no idea that we got a phone call the day of Mike and Holly's wedding that told us that the IVF cycle didn't work and we weren't able to have children. And you still got to go celebrate with Micah and Holly. See, nobody knew about that. But, and so when they tell you you're thankful for the things that God does in your life. So whether it came out, and I joked about it, two girls, whatever, I was just thankful. Can I get an amen? So then I started thinking about that. And God brought me to this, Psalms 50:14, And this is what he says. He says, what I want from you is true thanks. And I thought, now wait a minute. You just told me the password is thank you. And now you're telling me that you desire true thanks. So apparently there's a difference and God desires what's, what's true from our heart. And so I started thinking about that. True thanks. What is true thanks? And so I just want to tell you a story. Is that okay? About true thanks. And, and I was going to be really transparent and honest with you this morning. And I'm going to ask, and I made sure the ushers, they were supposed to remove all Kleenex boxes, all throwing objects. Because you're going to have potential to be very upset with me but I want you to just listen to my heart, okay? Because I'm going to be, can I just be transparent this morning? Amen. I want to tell you a story about true thanks. Can I get an amen? amen? I'm a little nervous to share with you, but I'm going to take a drink of water. Is it okay? Okay. I told you at the beginning of the service that I was gone in Ohio. So I want to tell you a quick situation that occurred with potential and Remember, you love me, right? And love is unconditional, right? No, I'm not moving on to everybody says amen. amen. Love is unconditional. Amen. Okay. I got invited by a good friend of mine for about 15 years. He called me up a while back and said, I want you to come to Ohio. He said, I want you to preach for me. He said, I also want you to serve on my board. And I said, man, I'd be honored to. His church is about three years old right now. And they've seen significant things take place. They're already running three services. Uh, they have over 800 people coming already. And so it was an honor that he asked me to come and to speak. He said, I want you to see the facility. I want you to meet my staff. I want you everything that I want you to serve on my board. And uh, I said, okay, tell me a little bit about your church. And I said, you know, those are great things. But I said, now let me ask you something else. I said, tell me, what have you seen this year happen as far as people's lives? And he said, listen to this, bro. This is what he told me. He said, he said, since January to October, not even including November, December, he said, we've seen 400 people receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. I said, now, now we're getting to numbers that mean to me. You know, somebody tells me they have thousands and stuff. You know, I'm like, that's awesome. But, you know, what are you really doing for the kingdom? You know, 
He said, man, over 40 angels, and we baptized countless people. I said, man, that's awesome. I said, count me in. He said, if you come and you be part of my board, he said, I'm going to take care of all of your needs and your expenses for coming. I said, okay. He said, I'm going to, call, I'm going to have my assistant call Linda at the church, and I'll take care of all the travel arrangements and everything. And I said, okay. So they purchased my airfare. They rented me a car, and which, by the way, they rented me a Denali and not a Geo Metro. <laughs> and if you're 6'6 like me, that means a lot. So rented me a Denali. So I'm driving in this Denali. When I got there, I checked into a Holiday Inn Express right across the road, literally the driveway from Buffalo Wild Wings. Can I get an amen? amen? My wife wasn't there. She couldn't tell me no. I could sneak in, and she would never know it. So I was excited. Holiday Inn Express serves free breakfast. I don't know if you've ever been on the road, and they have a mean biscuit and gravy. And there again, Sarah wouldn't know. I'm trying to, you know, trying to finish strong. Remember, I started strong, now I'm trying to finish strong. So, it checked me in there, and we began to go out, and they began, and he paid for every meal everywhere I went for. Everything, bam, paid for it, paid for it. Got there, and he had a little, I don't know if you guys saw, I posted, he had a, a welcoming basket for me, and it was Doritos, French onion dip, it was cherry Pepsi, Dr. Pepper, sour straws, sour punch straws, and this one got me, I was like, how did he know it was Oreo cookies? And I just recently started eating a lot of Oreo cookies because of Sarah recently has a craving for them, and so I've been eating them. And there they were, and so literally I would go to my room, and I would eat, and I would come back, and, and Sarah calls me, my nickname sometimes is Snacky. <laughs> and so I would call my wife and say, I love you, babe, I'm going to bed, and then she would go to sleep, and I would begin to snack, and she never knew anything until now. And I mean, I, I snacked. I ain't going to lie. <laughs> I tore through that welcome basket. <laughs> so then I got up the next morning, and I, looked and I was like, oh, wow. And they, and they had a, a new church shirt they had made for me. I was like, awesome. And they had a brand new hat they had made for me. I was like, man, this is awesome. And so then I'm talking to Sarah, and they say, she goes, did you see my post? I said, no, what, what happened? She said, Kyle and Justina and Experience Church just sent me flowers. For allowing you to come speak for them and I was like that that's awesome so now so I go see Kyle it was my friend who invited me and this is where it's going say say unconditional love all right so I saw Kyle and I said hey bro since I saw him I said I got a question for you and he said yeah I said what do you what do you what do you guys do for your honorarium and for some of you who don't or not in church circles, an honorarium is simply what they will give to a guest speaker or a pastor for coming to speak. So one of the first questions I asked him, I said, what do you do for an honorarium? And uh, he said, well, you know, you know kind of, I don't know. And I said, uh, I said, well, how much are you going to give me for come speaking? And he looked kind of shocked, and he said, uh, he said, I'm not sure. I said, well, to be honest with you, I said, I left my church I left it in good hands. I got a great staff, but I said, I left my church to come here. And I said, uh, I left my wife, and I said, obviously, we're having twins now, and my expenses are getting ready to get crazy. And I said, so you, ha- you don't know what you're going to give me for coming? And he was like, I don't. And he said, well, usually we just take up a love offering for people. And I said, well, I said, do you, 
do you add to it? Or what does people give? Is that it? And he said, again, he was like, he was like I, I don't know. I said, well, are your people generous? Because I've been around in some churches, and he was like, well, yeah, I think so. I said, I tell you what. I said, let me take up the offering on Sunday. He's like, what? And I said, I said, let me just listen to me. I said, I'm really good at it. I said, just let me take up my own offering. And I said, I promise you, I said, everything will be okay. And he was just like, he was like, all right, and kind of quickly changed the subject, and we just kind of, we just went on. And uh, so we get to church on Sunday, and um, taking out everything and taking their tour of the church, and wonderful thing God's doing and everything. And so he gets up, and after praise and worship, and he gives me this introduction that it was just amazing. And he's just tell how I've poured into his life over the last 15 years and all these things. And he has tears in his eyes, and I'm starting to get teary-eyed and everything. You know, and he just said, you know, you don't, you, this church, he said, you guys don't know me, what this Chad means to me personally and what he's invested in our church and we're, where we are now because of him in some ways and all this stuff, you know. And I was moved by it and everything, and I really was. And so I got up, and he great introduction. I came up, and, and uh, I took the microphone, and I, I just simply, I, I don't know what, I just did it. And I basically, I just said, all right, could all the ushers come down front? Everybody, and everybody was like, you know, kind of like you guys are looking at me now. They're like, what? And so the ushers kind of stumbled together, come down front, and I just simply said, I said, I just want to make sure that we have an opportunity to take up an offering before everybody goes home. I said, I tend, I'm just being honest with you guys, I said, I, I tend to go a little long sometimes at my church, and I, sometimes people leave a little bit, and I said, so I just want to make sure that you guys don't leave before you have a chance to give. And, uh, and I shared with them this scripture, and I said, in 1 Timothy 5.18, I told them, I said, a workman is worth is higher. And then I told him in, in verse 17, it says this. It says, the workman should be paid very well for his teaching and preaching. And I said, who's ready to follow the Lord's commands this morning and give a significant offering, you know, this morning? And so I took up the offering, and they went and they did it. So then I preached for about 30 minutes or so, give or take, and I was a little bit longer, believe it or not. And... Uh, so then I did an altar call, and, and people responded, and uh, it, was, it was great, that aspect of it. And so when I was done with the very first service, I was, getting, I was walking off the stage, and Kyle was waiting for me, and he's like, hey, bro, can I talk to you real quick? I was like, yeah. He's like, can you come in the office just for a second? And I was like, yeah. So I went in there, and he was like, bro, what's up? And I go, what do you mean? He goes, why... Why did you do that? I go, do what? He goes, take up the offering in the beginning. I said, well, I asked you when I got there if I, could, if I could do that. He goes, I didn't think you would do that right there. He goes, do you plan on doing that at the rest of the two services? And I said, absolutely. And he was like, well, bro, I, he said, I'm, I'm in shock. I can't believe that you're acting this way. And I said, what do you mean? I said, I'm just making sure that, you know, just cover my bases. And he just shook his head, and, and he stopped. And that's where I looked up, and I realized that the story that I'm telling you is, is completely false. I didn't do any of that. And you should have seen all your faces about 10 minutes ago when I began to say all that. 
and you all thought I was the biggest jerk. And some of you kind of gave me a, um, a like, ha, 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 kind of laugh, but you're all like, what a jerk. My question is, what if I would have really done that? The problem of it is, is that a lot of us as Christians treat the Lord just like I told you the story about, about me. Instead of being thankful for everything that you have, you sit around and whine and ask him, what's next? What's more? What's more? See, I'll tell you what really happened in the story. The moment he asked me to come and said, I'll take care of everything, I said, oh, I said, well, I got it. I landed, I hugged him and thanked him for everything that he did. We went out to dinner, and I said, you don't have to take care of it. I said, I can pay for my own meal. He said, no, we got it. I never, ever to this day asked him about an honorarium or an offering. Never said one word about it. I thanked him at every meal. We went back to the church. The very first thing that I did when I took the pulpit and I got up on the stage, I honored him and his wife, and then I thanked the church for allowing me to come to speak into their life. The problem is I believe there are a lot of us today that come to Jesus just like with the story that I told. Instead of being thankful for what we have, we come up to him and we're saying, what's next? So you guys would have been appalled as you were if that story was really true. But my question is, is that Micah comes going back on up here, is are we living a life of thankfulness? Or are we acting like our name is Jimmy? Gimme, gimme, gimme. And see, some of you are still trying to process what just took place. I can't believe he acted like that. But if we look into our hearts, I wonder how many of us do what we said in the very beginning and we enter into a password with God by simply saying thank you. Instead of entering in with a list of things that we think we need and demand, God simply says, I think you should enter in with thankfulness. Everybody stand up. I know you're still processing. I wrote a couple of thoughts that I want you to think about. Is Mike is going to play, I want to sing the song, I Exalt Thee. And the thing that was we sing that song that I began to think about, how many know exalting something is a choice? How many know in our lives we sing, Jesus, I exalt thee? But how many know if we're not careful, we can exalt our finances, we can exalt our relationships, we can exalt our jobs, we can exalt our, all these things that nothing's wrong with them, but Jesus says I, 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 we exalt him. And it's simple thankfulness of what God's done in our lives. And he says, see, here's the thing, a password is meant for thing, two things protection and access a lot of you are frustrated because you can't access God's presence God's power and I believe a lot of it is because you are acting like me in the story 
I believe if you will change some things around in your life and become thankful for what you have, it'll allow you access into God's power. So I got a couple thoughts I have for you. I said I had this. Unfortunately, I believe there are a lot of Christians that act the way I just did towards Jesus. We are more concerned with what Jesus can do for us than realizing what he has already done for us. See, in the story, I was more concerned with what he was going to do for me than what he had already done. And but here's the truth. Listen to me. Before I asked for any of those things, those needs had already been met. Listen to me. I didn't have to ask for one meal. I didn't have to ask for a car. I didn't have to ask for a hotel room. Those needs had already been supplied. I simply had to thank him and to receive the, everything that was already provided for me. I want you to know something. Jesus has already provided every one of your needs for you through Jesus Christ. You simply need to thank him for all that he's done so you can access for him. My car was already paid for. I didn't have to beg for it. Every meal, everything. Now listen, I didn't preach this message to condemn anyone. I say it all the time. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But how many know the Bible also says the Lord Jesus Christ will discipline those he loves? How many of you parents in here will discipline your children because you love them? You'll bring some correction in their lives so they can experience some things that they wouldn't unless you corrected some things in their lives. I preach this message not to condemn you, but I believe it's to convict you of some areas that I, I want you to change in your lives. And here's a couple thoughts that I put down. I believe if we will make a minor adjustment to how we approach Jesus, that it can revolutionize our prayer time with him. Instead of coming in of what can you do for me, I'm simply coming in saying thank you for what you've already done. Two more thoughts. I believe as we began to thank him for all that he has done in our lives and for just being good, that it will truly begin to transform our prayer time. Because here's the deal. My story, I was more concerned with getting my needs met, but the truth is he already met them, and I just simply had to thank him. If we will go into God's presence without our lists, and simply go in with thankfulness, we can allow God begin to move in our lives. And one last thought, and we'll close with this. And this should get a good amen because it's really true. I believe if we will begin to enter his presence with praise, he will enter our circumstances with his power. Instead of saying, do this, do this, and do this, and do this, and God, I need this, God, I need this, and God, you got to do this, God, you got to do this, we simply come in and say, God, thank you. Thank you for all that you're doing, and God, I trust that you're moving on my behalf. Why? Because the Word says that you are good. So I will thank you. I thank you right now. Everybody in here, hands lifted high. We're going to sing this song, I Exalt Thee. We're going to give you the chance to do just that.
nobody looking around, every head bowed, every eye closed in this place. And we're going to simply make a choice this morning to be thankful for what God has done in our lives. And we're going to exalt the name of Jesus Christ in here today. Let's sing it. I exalt thee.